And today we have a special guest with us today. We've got Patrick Edmiston. Growing up, I, I loved the ability to, to set an SLR in manual mode. Well, hello there. Welcome to Photography Talk, where we discuss your passion for photography and we all grow together. I'm Bob Younger. And I'm Ashley Matheny. And today we have a special guest with us today. We've got Patrick Edmiston of the Articulate and FOCO here in Fort Collins, Colorado. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing well. Thanks. Very good. That's so I'm excited to have you because a couple of reasons. First of all, you're kind of like a role model kind of idol for me. I love what you've done with your work and your photography. And, and, uh, I, if I'm not on your list for your Christmas card, I have to be this year because you do some amazing Christmas cards for you and your team. Um, I think last year, the year before you did the stranger things, uh, set up with your team. That was freaking amazing. Yeah, thanks. That was a Netflix series. So good. So good. I saw that and I just about laughed my ass off. So that was a good one. So I I love it. So, but so Patrick, he is, um, as we started to talk about here, we're going to, we're talking a little bit about, um, where Patrick's come from and where he's going. Um, but Patrick's got several businesses, including, uh, the articulate and FOCO of photography, uh, company here in Fort Collins. He, the Articulate is a nice co-working space for creatives. So we're going to talk a little bit with Patrick about his businesses and how he got started and then ways that uh, creatives can kind of grow unique businesses because this was a great idea that Patrick came up with. Um, and I, I love the idea and how it works. So thank you for being here, Patrick. We're going to give you a little bit of an introduction. Um, so you are a professional photographer and a member of this team called FOCO, P-H-O-C-O, a, a team of photographers and videographers here in Colorado. Uh, you are a founding member of the Downtown Artery in Fort Collins. You received your BFA. Now, correct me. What is a BFA, Patrick? Uh, Bachelors of Fine Arts. Bachelor of Fine Arts. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I've got a BS and, and that's pretty much the way I got my degree with BS in my way. So, um, but he's got a BFA in, des- in design in the field of architecture. He has a master's in construction management, which is amazing. Um, and it sounds like you've always been interested in photography and created your first website in 2009. Is that accurate? Uh, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Bob has done this research. Yeah, yeah, I, I researched the hell out of you, Patrick. There's all sorts of stuff I know now. So, was named the best photographer by Colorado Biz Magazine in 2015. Bravo! Little little golf clap for that. 2016, he started the Articulate, a 2,500 square foot photo studio and co working space for creatives here in Northern Colorado. And he's totally into collaboration, loves learning. He hosts workshops in his space. All around a great guy who always greets his friends and strangers with a big smile, which I can attest to because I will see him at completely awkward times when he's walking some beautiful young lady down the street in the middle of a date. And I say hi to him and he's kind of got this, hi, Bob. But I love that you're always constantly smiling. So thanks for joining us, Patrick. It's really been a a pleasure to have you here. So I'm excited about this. Hey, thanks. And that young lady, my girlfriend, Becca, also works for another photography um, company in town. So excellent. Awesome. Besides yours. So do you guys, uh, do you guys, uh, uh kibitz on, uh, trade secrets at night when no one's watching uh, a little bit, I would say we're helping each other. Nice. 
Excellent. Well, thank you. Welcome to the show. So tell us, Patrick, what drew you to photography? What kind of started that, uh, that burning desire to take photos? Yeah, that's a, a tough question, but it's kind of been my entire life. I've been interested in it. I think uh, learning later that my grandpa was a photographer for the military, my dad had a camera. So growing up, I, I loved the ability to, to set an SLR in manual mode. So I, I kind of always liked it. Your grandfather was a photographer for the military. What, like what, World War II? What, what did he do? Yeah. So I, honestly, I haven't really researched it too much, but he was with Stars and Stripes magazine um, during World War II and after. So my dad kind of grew up with a military family to a certain extent. And uh, my grandpa sadly passed away when I was two, so I never really met him. But it is on my bucket list to do more research and find photos and stuff that he took. That would but be cool. Growing up, my dad, my parents kind of put cameras in front of my sisters and I. And then, yeah, I kind of gravitated towards it and took photo classes all throughout junior high and high school. I would say in Fort Collins, we have some some great programs my teacher Rick Ney at Pooter High School was was amazing. And then through college, I studied architecture, but I always kind of loved photography. And when I studied abroad my senior year, it, it was kind of reignited. And I'm a fairly competitive person. And some of my other classmates had nicer cameras than I did. And they were publishing their photos, had their own website. We kind of all had our own website. This was back. Maybe I shouldn't give dates, but no, no, go ahead. It was when the worldwide interweb was invented. <laughs> we, we were hand coding our own websites in 2006, but I took one photo that I remember particularly at a a beautiful graveyard site, actually outside of Venice, uh, mm. Brion Cemetery, and it was of a water droplet hanging off of a berry. And I needed to borrow my friend's camera to capture it because my point and shoot couldn't focus right. that closely. And so I borrowed his SLR, digital SLR camera and captured it. And then he put that image up on his <laughs> yeah. photo website. And I was like, okay, that's it. I need to get a digital SLR. So, so that was kind of the, that was the spark right there, huh? That was one of them. Yep. Along the way. <laughs> Now I, I I'll never ask a, a young lady her age, but Patrick, how old are you? <laughs> so I that's a good question. I thirty six. I turned thirty seven in June. So at thirty six, all right. So you so two thousand six then. So yeah, I can see that you were junior high, high school. You said uh, that was graduating college. Okay, college. Okay, all right. Wow, cool. That is all really right. awesome. Awesome. That's. That's really cool. That's a great, it's <laughs> a great story. How to get into photography? Yeah, well, and I guess to complete that story, um, I went came back to Fort Collins for grad school and took photos kind of all throughout that time just for fun. I love travel. I love backpacking. I loved nature. I grew up playing sports and and kind of had a dream, kind of a pipe dream, to shoot in Sports Illustrated or at least get paid for photography. Right. And coming out of grad school, construction management wasn't really booming in 2009. No, it and was not. And 
my little side website for photography started started taking off. So wow. I remember my first paying client in the spring of 2009 was a senior photo for a friend. And then I had another friend ask me to, to photograph their wedding, which I didn't really have any intention of doing, but I thought, yeah, sure, I could do that. <laughs> and so had another friend ask me to do it. And then it kind of grew from there, 2010. And then 2011, I went full-time into photography and then took a little time um, to focus on starting the downtown artery, which was a creative studio space for artists, mostly visual artists and collaboration space, and then branched off from there and started the articulate in 2016. Wow. Speechless. That's amazing. That's that's amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, Ashley's kind of just starting out here. And I, I know that she's probably just like grinning ear to ear with the idea of, <laughs> of how you got successful like that. That's just awesome. You're so right. That's really <laughs> impressive. So when it comes to shooting, you know, not, not just clients, but what is something that you, that you enjoy the most? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think as a generalist photographer, we, we actually, I find enjoyment from having such a diverse portfolio. Like one day we're shooting products that are cleaning janitorial products, but then the next day we're shooting with a musician. And so there's, there's definitely fulfillment in shooting such a wide like variety, but I think that the things I enjoy the most tend to be the things that I enjoy on my own. Um, there's a great local bar in Fort Collins called Social oh, yeah. that I kind of started shooting with them back as they were opening. I actually met the manager, Ty, when he was at the Melting Pot and he shared his vision, but photographing their drinks and food, which I, I love the culinary arts. So that's fun. For people who don't know, the social is an amazing place with anybody could walk in there and just be overrun with shooting possibilities. It's gorgeous. Ty's done a, a great job with that. And I'm envious of your ability to, to be their photog, <laughs> man. That's just awesome. Yeah, no. And Ty's actually a photographer as well, but that I, I think aligns with some of my passions and then got asked by Billboard magazine to shoot video for a shoot at Red Rocks. And so that was was pretty fun. But I made a connection there um, because I love live music and made a connection there that we've started doing some photo and video out in Napa, California for a music festival that combines music, food and wine. So I'd say that they give us some some tough deadlines and a lot of of work um so it's not just fun wine tasting and frolicking around in the <laughs> the vineyards but it's it's so fun to combine music food and photography kind of in that event very envious that's that's amazing that's such a cool opportunity to be able to do that to be able to mix those different types and styles to be able to do the stuff that you enjoy doing. That's, that's very cool. I'm impressed. Yeah, I definitely feel blessed. And as a a kid from Colorado, it's kind of fun. So this kind of slides into my next question for you then. So how have you monetized your love of photography? So you've kind of developed this photography company, but what are some of the other ways that you've monetized that, that, uh, 
that what started out kind of as a hobby or an interest and now has grown into a business? That's a good question. And if you figure it out, you should let me know. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'd say I'm, I'm rich in experiences and friends, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I, I would say we're, we're one of the larger photography companies in, in Colorado, but that's a constant struggle is how do you, how do you charge enough and then spend a little enough to, to make a profit. And I think there's like, as far as different advice, there's people that have been in it for over 10 years like me. And then there's new photographers that are just starting out. And I, I, I rarely encourage someone to jump in with both feet because it is easier to develop those multiple streams alongside a full-time income. You know, I was fortunate. This was, uh, I had a large enough social network pre-Facebook, but this kind of started through Facebook, honestly, was people were able to see what I was doing and reach out. So I, I started after the social media like started expanding. It, it's hard because there's so many photographers now to stand out and differentiate yourself. We have a, a stream of past clients that are coming to us. And so we don't have to have that many new clients every year to to monetize it. But I'm also at a different place because I have employees. So I've gone several years without like paying myself because I have to pay employees and the monetization is still a thing I'm working on, but I I think there's, it's helpful to have multiple possibilities. So we offer video and photo and it's, you know, so in a downturn like shelter in place, we've had people turn to us for live coverage, video coverage, because they can't reach the same audience. Mm. But yeah, all in all, I would say, I, I don't know if that answered your question, but we... It, it does, yeah. We've kind of adapted as people have asked, can you do this? We've said, yes. And then we're like, okay, how do we do that? <laughs> how do we do and it? <laughs> figured it out. And it sounds like what kind of what you were saying was that the the diversification is important in developing those different streams because, you know, in one of our previous uh, podcasts, we talked about relationship building when it comes to our clients and clientele. And, and so developing that relationship and then diversification and, and be willing to come in with different types of uh, sources of, of product or, or services you can provide seems to be very helpful, especially like you said, right now where things are so wonky. It's completely unusual. Yeah, I, I think there's, um, it depends on the size town you live in. You could specialize on food photography, but in our town, that would that would make it hard to work in the town itself. You'd have to, to travel for it. Yeah. Um, there's other people, I, I don't think that diversity or a broad spectrum is a blanket suggestion because honestly specialization and being able to speak to a specific customer in your marketing is really helpful. And that's one thing that because we do such a wide range, it's been hard to, well, how do we tell a specific message and speak to a specific 
customer avatar. You know, it's right. It's are we telling that we shoot music festivals on this page, or are we saying that we shoot intimate weddings? Because they're they're very different marketing messages. I can totally feel that. Yeah, and I think that's one of the problems that I've run into too. Is that you know, senior photography, weddings, and and all the other stuff that I do, product stuff. Eventually, it's kind of hard to convince a client that like, okay, well, I see you're great at senior photos, but are you going to be able to do this for me? So you're right in that it, it does get, if you get too spread too thin, it does make it a little bit more difficult too. So it's kind of a, a six of one, half dozen of the other. Well, and people want the expert in that field. So if, if they're looking for a wedding photographer, they generally want someone who specializes in weddings. If they want a corporate event photographer, they want someone who focuses on corporate events. Now, the skill set is actually very similar. And it's easy for a generalist photographer to say like, well, yeah, of course I can do that. Look at what I did at this other thing. That's pretty much the same. But as far as marketing that, yeah. And and so being in business for over 10 years, it's a little bit easier because we can show, you know, these are the galleries for something very similar to what you're looking for. But I I do think diversity and generalizing, having a general photography knowledge is good, especially before someone chooses to specialize from a practical skill standpoint, but also from an experience, like how do you know you want to specialize in something until you've done it? Nice. Just to kind of bounce off of that, how do you like how do other clients come about and how can you show them what you've done without having it on your page? Yeah, I would recommend for a website and portfolio for that to speak loudly towards what you want to do mm-hmm. and not necessarily just what you've done. Okay. Um, so for example, on our website and Bob's done his research, so maybe he can call me out on this, but (laughs) we probably don't have a maternity or newborn photo. You don't. Have I taken a lot of maternity or newborn photos? Yes, but it's not something that we're really chasing, but it's still fun to do. And especially from time to time, like it, it helps me have more fun with a maternity session because it's one of a handful I do per year. It's not the only thing I'm doing, but we don't really advertise that we do it yet. Our previous wedding or maybe engagement or family clients might call us for that. So I think, I hope that answers your question, but I think that your page and your portfolio should speak loudest towards what you want to do in the future. Okay. I love that. I love that. I'm going to steal that right there. No, that's just something that we've um, previously kind of talked about. So I think it's to get a different kind of standpoint, that's really good to hear because I think we both kind of struggle with it. But for for you and your business, you know, how have your plans changed over the years and why have they changed? We've kind of been asked to do things and said we could. And then like, okay, let's figure out how can we do that? And so those have kind of been the forces that have like changed our business. But I would say when I first started out, my website, honestly, it said photography, design, 
architecture, construction, travel, or like education or something like that. I can't remember what the last one was, but I was trying to offer backpacking guided trips where I would teach landscaping, landscape photography. And it's crazy because I look at my skill level then and I'm like, absolutely no one would pay me for a guided landscape photography trip, but (laughs) that was where my, my passions were. And so then it kind of evolved that, okay, maybe I can't do photography, graphic design, web design, everything. Like maybe there's something, but we still offer a pretty broad range of services. But during that time, I have offered graphic design and we've had some amazing graphic designers that have worked for me. We've offered video and I've had some great videographers who've worked for me. So part of it is getting the right people on your team and then deciding what direction you want to go. So when we got Hudson Bloom was kind of our first videographer and he was so talented that we started getting more and more video work. And so that kind of shifted our direction. I can tell you with the name Hudson Bloom, you should be famous. He will be. That that is a name. (laughs) So So when you're working with a client, because we talked about, you know, maternity and that type of stuff. And I, I love your website, by the way. I love the intro video where you're going through the the uh, articulate and you're looking at all the people and kind of their, their paused positions and their crazy positions. That was awesome. Totally caught my attention. But when you're working with your client, what's, what's the most important part of your interaction with your client? What, what's, what do you think is makes or breaks that, that interaction? Well, I, I think my background in, in somewhat education, coaching and sales has kind of helped me a little bit, but I would say the the client interaction for me is probably the best part. Um, I'm not necessarily the most talented photographer or videographer, but I think I can ask good questions and make people feel comfortable. So making someone feel comfortable in front of a camera is is really the difference between a great shoot and just a, a decent picture. And so photographers some of them say they have all these ways or, you know, people are trying to sell us flashcards or something like that to to get the perfect image. And it's like, ultimately just making someone feel comfortable is what we're all about. And very rarely do our, our, you know, subjects come in with experience. Um, There's some photographers I'm sure that shoot exclusively with models who have done it a million times we we shoot with the model like once every blue moon but making someone feel comfortable in front of your camera i, I think is a it, it just takes practice and experience yeah i thought it was interesting you mentioned those uh those prompt cards that you see advertised all the time and uh i i've met a couple photographers who swear by them i don't think i could ever get myself to use a prompt or a prompt card like that because i'm i'm like you i'm really about the relationship and interactions and making people feel comfortable and having a good time and you know helping them forget that there's actually a camera involved that kind of stuff but i know that there are some people who you know, extreme introverts or people who are not really good at, at social situations, but mechanically are really good at photography might use something like that, but it seems awkward and uncomfortable to me. But I would imagine that, that, uh, for some people it works. Yeah. I think there's a, 
there's a time and place for them. And I'm sure it benefits some people more than others. I think what some people call like a, a prompt or a flashcard comes naturally to some people. So I think what you're avoiding and wanting to avoid is say if you're, and not every photographer obviously is shooting with people, but if you're photographing a subject and you keep saying, okay, just a little bit over, turn it slightly, like they're already uncomfortable in front of the camera most likely. And if all you're doing is critiquing how they're standing and how they're like, look up a little bit and then smile seems fake. So can you fix that? Like if you're making them more uncomfortable, then how, how are they ever going to relax? And so most, most of the flashcards and stuff that I've seen are ways to get a genuine reaction, a, a genuine smile. So that might be like, give, give them a piggyback ride and then whisper in their ear. And those, those are things that most photographers are already doing. And so I think for a, a new photographer starting off, I don't know how much they cost, but it, it might be worth it as an investment because, uh, but then you, you use it, you learn it. And then you, you say, okay, I can do that with, and you're not pulling it out every single shoot. <laughs> you're not. Yeah. You're like, let me pick one of the cards. Okay. This one says stand upside down. And yeah. So you said you're like 36. So that makes you really, really old. Uh, I just hit 50. So we, when we're talking about, cameras and shooting your great grand, your grandfather and your dad. And when you were a kid, everyone shot with film, but now, you know, as of within the last really 10 years is when all the big advancements have occurred with digital stuff. And we've moved away from film. There's a few people that still shoot with film, but since that, since that movement away from film, and then we've got that kind of shoot and burn philosophy where photographers will shoot and then put the photos on a CD or a thumb drive or something. And now people are moving towards that in-person sales of prints and kind of going back to old school prints on the walls. Where do you kind of see professional photography going from here? Do you see it being more encapsulated into advertising or commercialization, or do you think it being more personal with people and photos of themselves on the wall? Or, or what do you see as like the next big thing? Well, gosh, that's a tough question. And I, I don't know that I would agree with kind of those broad categories as far as what's trending. I think in-person sales has been what the top studios have done for a long time, but you you just have to find a way to monetize your business. And if you want to decouple your hours and time spent working from your revenue which is the only way to scale and to grow, then there there has to be other ways to do that. Otherwise, people will see a photographer as an hourly expense and that's hard to, to make it. Maybe you'll make it a few years, but you're not going to last in the business very long. And so I think when it, it comes down to the the future, there's a, a few things at play. And if you go back to film, all those photographers held on to the negatives. And so they would charge you for a session, but then they'd also charge you for reproduction rights. And and what you're talking about as a shoot and burn, again, I, I don't think the top photographers were ever really doing that. Um, give away digital images or, or, or shoot, but you better be charging enough in order to do that because you're no longer getting reproduction 
print sales and and in-person print sales again the the top people have been doing that the whole time but how do you add on to a $500 session how do you add on a $2000 upcharge will you do that by selling prints so i i think great customer service and helping people fill a need and what their need is is to remember those amazing events to to tell their family or their brand story right and how do they do that and if you can fit anywhere in there it doesn't really matter if you're including your digital images with a portrait session or if you're withholding them and then charging a bunch for for prints ultimately if you're filling a need and you have good customer service you'll you'll be getting paid so what is the future from that i i can answer kind of for for foco uh we see that with the improvement of phone cameras and with the improvement and lower costs of advanced digital cameras the consumer is going to be able to take a better and better photo yet in order to stay relevant brands and people will be able to will still want a professional and for important personal events like a wedding they're still not going to say hey can i right. just bring my iphone to it everybody turn your iphones on <laughs> yeah <laughs> well hey it, a few years i'm sure there will be a put 10 iPhones out and then it will recreate a virtual video that you can that's crazy yeah move through like you can do so i i think staying relevant with current technology is important but a good portrait on a wall is going to be something for as long as people live in houses i, I like that i think that's really true and i think yeah. you kind of nailed it where you were talking about the the idea being that it's got a lot to do with that customer service and then providing them something that's tangible. I think that that's something that's always been missing with the, you know, the, you know, typically first brand new photographers kind of do the shirt and shoot and burn thing. And, and, uh, but I think that the thing that's been missing is that, that tangible product. And I think that's what is more meaningful because it's something they see every day. I can tell you, I've bought a lot of pictures on CDs you know, Santa Claus in Old Town or kids when we were, you know, growing up and we took them over to the whatever studio and got photos on a CD. That's where they still are. They're nowhere else. So I love the idea of prints. I'm a huge fan of prints. So I love that. Yeah. What is a CD? Just to clarify for all your your listeners. Just uh, see a CD. I don't even know. What is a compact disc? That's what it stands for. It's this round object. It's kind of like right after eight tracks. It's like a Blu-ray, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I think there's, um, especially in the early 2000s, you did see family photos, wedding photos, that all they did was get the digital image and then their computer failed. No backup. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many, you know, thousands of people were affected by that, but hard copies tangible prints, those can be destroyed also. So I I think, you know, video photos backed up to the cloud, 
all these technologies are going to be replaced at, at some point, but having something that you can hold is uh, a tactile and it's an emotional response. So I think it's a great way to go, but most of our commercial clients don't want that. So, yeah, for sure. That's a whole nother, yeah, they need something different. So, yep. Uh, the prints are something that are big for me too. So I can see why that is very important. And then also having to keep up with the technology and everything, you know, people are constantly changing. And I think, um, what you said was important to keep, keep up with the trends and keep up with everything because that's the only way that you can continue making it. Yeah, definitely. And it it requires constant learning. Oh, I'm sure. That's, that's life though. (laughs) Never stop learning. What kind of advice can you give us coming out of the lockdown? I know that you said you did have a shoot today. Uh, yeah, we've had we had a shoot today. Um, yeah, we've had some some video projects that we've been working on. Some some people were remodeling houses and stuff, and commissioned us for prints and and stuff like that. So we've we've had work during this time. It's definitely slowed when COVID started shutting everything down as a primarily event photographer, obviously that had a huge impact on our business. Coming out of it, I mean, advice for other photographers coming out of it is surround yourself with a community. So kudos to you guys on on doing this podcast. And that's what we're trying to do at our co-working space too, is that the the photographers who make it out are going to be the ones that are going through it alongside other photographers that are also going through this. Cause there's going to be a lot of times where people, including myself want to, to quit and find something more stable. I, I think advice would be take this opportunity to reflect on what you like shooting and start to do that more. And there's so many of the top photographers people follow start off through doing their passion and and following that and then the the fame and the income and all of that followed but learning what you like to photograph th- there's no better time than right now that's very cool i i just uh i i just nailed that down in my chest when you said that cuz i was thinking to myself got to, you know, focus on shooting what you're passionate about and what you enjoy doing and and work on that. And I think that I found myself <laughs> it, recently in a situation where I'm like, ah, this isn't really what I'm passionate about, but I'm doing it. But I think you're right. I think we have to really focus on what what it is that we really enjoy doing, what we're passionate about, and the rest will follow because obviously you're passionate about something. You're going to put the work, effort, time increase your skill set, your knowledge on it, and you're going to be passionate about it. People are going to see that in everything you do. And I think that's huge. So tell me if, if you could like sum up your, all your years of photography experience now <laughs> into a couple sentences about any sort of tips or tricks that you would share with a new photographer or somebody who is trying to start a business that, that Patrick Edmiston has learned is like, oh crap, if I had known this five, 10 years ago, I would have done this differently. Is there anything major like that or anything that you can just kind of give us that would kind of help us out a little bit? Um, well, sure. And I actually just started a new Instagram account called Future Photographer. Nice. Which is really going to be geared towards sharing 
tips and tricks and kind of real life real life learning. So I'll have to pass on more information as we get that up and going. But gosh, there's if I had to narrow it down. We saved the hardest question for last. No pressure. <laughs> who, who is it? Socrates or someone that says know thyself? I think when it comes down to the advice for photographers coming out of COVID, I think that goes just for advice in general in life. And, you know, I could tell you to, to charge more because how many times have I gotten burned by undercharging and then you're overworked and then you're trying to overpromise and underdeliver and it's, it's just a, a rat race to the bottom. So charging more, but I've also gotten some of my biggest breaks and best clients by working effectively for free. And so there's contradictory advice, but if you can know yourself and know what you want to do and know what you're passionate about, then you can say, is this project something that is fulfilling my passion and, and do that. And then, um, and then work for free, work for whatever, but decouple that from if I'm a full-time photographer, I also have to make a living. And back to that maternity photos, it's like, that's not what I'm passionate about. So if I undercharge in order to do that, I'm just going to feel overworked and overwhelmed and I'm not going to have time to do what I am passionate about. And so coming out of COVID, and I, I think I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to anyone else, it's focus on what you're passionate about and make sure you're doing that because that will keep you feeling fresh and excited. And it, you don't always get to do that 100% of the time because you also have to make a living but I think it pays off in the end. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. You were, you were speaking to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great advice. I agree. Wow. I don't even know if we could follow that. That's great. <laughs> I feel really good about that because I feel like you uh, were saying some of the stuff that I personally needed to hear, Patrick. And you were also... Um, being completely honest about, Hey, you know, it's, this is, this is the way it is. Sometimes you got to do stuff to make money, but you know, if, if I, I love when you were talking about not undercharging people, because I have mentored a couple uh, photographers, new photographers now. And when I'm talking to them, I tell them you need to raise your prices. Uh, you're killing yourself and you're killing me. <laughs> and so we, you know, we talked about know, know your value and, and, and price yourself that way. But especially when you were saying about, Hey, if this is something you're passionate about and you really want to do it, you might do it for free, but you've got to uncouple that from your business. You've got to uncouple that from what helps pay the rent. And I think that's huge. And I, I appreciate you for having said that. So thank you. Yeah. And my, my girlfriend is, um, doing a, a course about it's called passion to paid. And I would, I can't remember the girl's name that does it, but she's a chalkboard artist and it's, you know, you, you really do have to do that. And 
the personal projects, those passion projects are ultimately usually what's going to make or break you in the long run. So you need to be doing them, but you you can't undervalue yourself and your your time on the other stuff. Amazing. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much again. We really appreciate having you here, Patrick. You have given us a lot to think about. I'm going to stay up late at night thinking about some of the stuff you said and uh, think about how I can enact some of your advice. And And I appreciate also your your openness and your honesty. And, you know, it's 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 sometimes can be a struggle, but doing what you love to do and, and being passionate about it and having those relationships with your clients and providing people with a unique experience and something that's tangible in the end, I think is huge. So thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. It was great. Also, thank you for just doing what you do and helping others too, you know, with that, that Instagram page that you have coming up. I think that's going to help a lot of people giving them some ideas to build off of. And the fact that you are not only willing to come and chat with us for a little bit, but also just spread your knowledge. Uh, we did talk about me and Bob talked about that. I believe last pod, last episode, meeting photographers who spread the knowledge, and it's it's hard to find. So I appreciate you for that. <laughs> well, thanks for saying that. And and it does. I know. We didn't really talk about this at all, but being a a full-time professional photographer or run a photo video company, we we also run a co-working space for creatives. And I I think that for me, it was always about community and collaboration over competition. competition. Yeah. And the whole, you know, I want to raise the bar of the creative world in our community in Fort Collins and beyond. So I, I think there's a lot of other creatives who are, are feel similarly to that, but I think now more than ever, I mean, our, our studio space is trying to do workshops and put on virtual classes. And I'm trying to, to figure out how to, to put some of that learning online. And so we're getting started with that, but Ultimately, it comes back to that community and that we push each other. And that when FOCO was named top photographer in Colorado, we started renting our studio space that we were in. And we made the decision to open that up to other photographers because we we could have chosen to say, hey, we're one of the only photographers who have a studio space. But instead, we said, Hey, we're still passionate about being the best. So we'll, we'll compete with anyone, but we want everyone to have access to this studio. And so it was, it was really, Hey, do we lose a competitive edge by sharing? Maybe, but do we grow and improve our ourselves by being surrounded by other amazing photographers? Yes. And so we opened up the studio space and we're, constantly trying to improve it and make it and starting a, a co-working space for anyone out there thinking about it is not a, a financially like good decision, but <laughs> from the passion and from 
you know, what you love to do for me, surrounding myself with other motivated, creative people, that is, is more fulfilling most of the days than producing creative work for any company. Well, and I love the, I I'm always about collaboration, not competition. I was, I heard that from one of our mutual friends, Rebecca, that has Sunnybrook photo. I've heard it from you. All the people who are good people doing good creative work who are there in the community trying to make things happen, have that belief. And so I really appreciate that. So you can, you can count on, on us always being a supporter of the articulate and FOCO because I think you guys do great work and everyone out there can reach Patrick at the articulate co.com. Uh, his awesome Instagram is future photog. So go out, follow him immediately today on there. Make sure you reach out to uh, him through FOCO, P-H-O-C-O. Some of the best photographers you'll find anywhere in the world. Amazing stuff, great creativity, and uh, a really good group of people. So thank you very much again. We really appreciate you being here today, Patrick. You're you're welcome. And if they want to see more photography, the Articulate is the co-working space. Um, so our Instagram and stuff like that probably isn't the the best one to check out. Um, I think you mentioned our website, but our, our Instagram for FOCO, and I'm looking it up. I should know it, but it's <laughs> PHO underscore CO. So that's a way to, to check out our work. If anyone wanted to, to get in touch, they can message us on there. Excellent. Thank you very much, Patrick, of the Articulate and FOCO. Yes, thank you. We want to thank everybody for listening to us. Oh, what are we looking forward to next week? What are we looking? We want to encourage people to reach out to us via Facebook, uh, or you can send messages through WhatsApp at 772-240-4909. That's 772-240-4909. WhatsApp, reach out to us there. And we're looking forward to kind of working with through some of the stuff that Patrick has inspired us with today. We're going to work on that a little bit more through our next episode. And we're going to talk about some of those key things that, that he mentioned in this uh, interview today. So thank you for listening to Photography Talk. I'm Bob Younger with Bob Younger Images. And I'm Ashley Matheny with Smile Everlasting Photography. And you are Patrick. Our company is Foco. That's P-H-O-C-O. And the studio space is called The Articulate. Thank you very much. Everyone be safe, stay well, and cheers. Talk to you next week.